Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Communication Means Talking Together. This week, something that is happening in real time is very much on my mind, and that's the continuing layoffs, particularly in the tech industry. Now, I don't work for a tech company as an employee, but many tech companies are my clients, many friends of mine, former students of mine, and of course, former clients, uh, current and former clients of mine are either in the tech industry or rely on the tech industry for their livelihood. So it naturally is something that I'm concerned about. I want my friends and colleagues doing well. And so when one of the things I've been doing, and I really encourage all of you listening here to do the same, is as much as you can, if you see someone in your network is posting a job, the really slim pickings these days, it seems, try and repost it, share it with your network, because there might be someone out there who's looking for a job, and you might be doing them a solid. So what's the topic of today's episode? Is how can you, if you're trying to get a job, particularly in the tech industry, but not exclusively. How can you make yourself more marketable? How can you up your communication skills, leadership skills, other kinds of, uh, you know, professional skills, so that you're more of a hireable candidate and a better fit, as they say? So we've talked about some of these concepts in the past. Let's try and put together an easy list for really anybody to apply and successfully execute with some kind of accuracy. The first thing that I would highly recommend is to have everything up to date. It sounds so basic, right? But you'll be amazed at the number of people, especially if you've had a job for a particular period of time. Let's say five years, 10 years. A friend of mine had a job for 20 years at the same company. Now, different positions, right? So moving up the ranks in their company, doing well. But very much associated with the same company for almost two decades. And then suddenly there was a shift in gears in the company and voila, they were laid off. So um, we had to work a little bit over many, many iterations to get their resume fully up to date and also had to figure out ways to think of things that this, uh, that they had done, this friend of mine had done that were maybe not your typical resume content, but we had to find a way to show skills. And so there were volunteer efforts that this friend had done uh, running, you know, things in the community that they lived in and also things that they had done sort of just gratis at the job, which were, which was not officially part of their job description, but definitely something that they were doing because it was a passion of theirs, right? Creating, for example, I had a friend uh, and, and colleague who started a book club in inside their company and, and did a really remarkable job 
uh, and got a chance to talk to some senior, really senior executives because they would be sort of like this business book of the month and they'd be like this roundtable discussion and it would lead people to ask questions, self-reflect, test their ideas against each other. It was a really powerful activity, but it was only because this, this uh, colleague, friend, client and, and friend was interested in self-development through reading business and leadership books on a regular basis. So my point being that there's some t- there's a particular set of skills. Uh, I sound like the, the, the famous scene from Taken. I have a particular set of skills. Uh, kidding aside, we're looking at building together your portfolio of skills, right? Obviously, that you're a competent uh, person with all the basic computer skills. That, that's almost a default. And it's, it, but at the same time, you have to remember that a lot of these companies, they run your resume through keyword search. And you might say, no, duh, I know MS Office. No, duh, I know PowerPoint. Well, if you don't put those keywords in there, the machine will miss it. And, well, you know, maybe you won't be as high up on the list. There's a lot of strange and interesting software because I've dabbled in recruiting. I've helped clients find people. So I've looked at sort of the the other side. You know how when you submit your resume and you think it's just gone to this black hole? Well, it's gone into somebody's database and it pops up along with the other 40, 50, 60 resumes that came in and... You know, you're able to, if you're the, if you're the hiring team, you're able to keyword search. You're able to put notes. You're able to send particular profiles to each other within the team. There's a lot of cool functionality, which we'll maybe look into more in the future. But the point is keywords matter. And I can, yeah, I can expand on this personally. Just recently I was, you know, touching up my own LinkedIn profile because, you know, you, you, when you get a minute, you should really, like I said, not just your resume, but like I was mentioning about myself, the LinkedIn profiles, social media profiles, you might have an old picture up there. You might have not the uh, most correct title, up-to-date title for your job. Because, you know, people move up and they move from, let's say, manager to senior manager and so forth. You want to make sure that's up-to-date. In my case, it was uh, skills, right? So you know how in LinkedIn, about two-thirds of the page down, there's uh, there's this box which you can pick certain skills that you're good at. So, for example... You could put um, PowerPoint, you could put professional development, you could put training, right? Like in my case, training, executive coaching, uh, communication skills, leadership skills, leadership development, right? So there's different variations, even on those root keywords. And it was funny because, you know, the, the software tells you, hey, you know, some people in your sector have this skill, which you don't have or something like that. And, uh, you know, it'd be like, oh, you know, maybe I should add that to my profile. And it would, I'd be, I'd feel like it's so obvious. Of course I would have that skill, but you never know what people type in into the search box, right? 
So my point being that be it your resume, be it your LinkedIn profile, you want to make sure it's fully up to date and, you know, to the point of almost redundancy, but just short of redundancy. You want to populate all the right keywords in there that you think would be necessary for the role you're applying to. So let's say you're done the dusting off and updating, right? One important thing you want to make sure is for many jobs that you might apply for, naturally, at some point, you will need to uh, put a number down. Now, you know, salary has, has kind of gotten more transparent thanks to a little bit of pushback by the workforce at large. And so websites like LinkedIn or Glassdoor or, you know, uh, other, other websites that I've used, and I'm not plugging any of these. I'm just telling you, um, Payscale. And uh, there was another one that's escaping me, but these, these three, I think ladders and I think there's salary.com too. They're all okay. But I think LinkedIn, you know, sensing the competition has, has really tried to, uh, you know, tighten, tighten itself up and offer more information. And also the job posters are realizing if they don't tell you how much you could stand to earn from a job, you might not know, you might not be that encouraged to apply. So you'll see that there's a range these days of uh, a salary. So for example, uh, one that I, my friend applied to was posted as uh, base salary, let's say 80K to 110. Okay, so there's the bottom rate and there's the top rate. And then of course they say, depending on experience. Now the reality is on the other side of things, what chance do you have of getting the top number 110? It's hard to say, but I think if you have more than the required amount of experience, so let's say they're hoping for five years, let's say you have seven. Okay, that's one point in your favor. What else could get you to the top rate? Uh, I would say name brand companies. So whatever industry you're in, obviously there's the uh, big tech companies, the big manufacturing companies, Fortune 100, Fortune 200, or even 500. I mean, if you have even just one or two of those companies, that's a great thing. If you can associate yourself to a particular product, because you might be, let's say you're stacked up well against somebody else who has one or two name brand. Then if you're able to connect yourself to a particular product at that company, that's, you know, notable um, and, you know, that even person who's not intimately aware of that company knows that just as a matter of news. That sounds great. So for example, let's say uh, you were, you were uh, ex Google. I mean, if, if it's at the Google level, you don't have to have a lot of details, but supposing just randomly, there's two people that are ex Google in, in the running, but one of them was, you know, working specifically, uh, let's say on the play store, the app store, right. And they help develop pieces of it. Now you stand out as opposed to the generalist who did a little bit of everything, but not necessarily focusing on one name brand product for some people, depending on your expertise, this may sound unfair, but 
I, I'm here to break the news to you that a lot of hiring teams are very subjective because these are leadership people. They, they like what they like and they're, they're human beings, right? So they're not going to make decisions necessarily in a fair and objective way each time. So what do we have so far? You want definitely to fight back against this, uh, layoff title wave. You definitely want to keep everything fresh on your resume, on your LinkedIn. Um, and you definitely want to get a better sense of what your, your applied positions, what they're worth, and then be able to really make a case for the higher end, maybe not the very tippy tippy top rate. So let's say in the example I was quoting, um, you have a bottom range of 80K and a top range of 110. Maybe you put down 105, right? And, and when you do that, what you can do, this is my next piece of advice to you is you can add on something like, well, okay, I'll, I'll ask for 105 base, but I want more in equity, you know, and I want, uh, you know, let's say your, uh, yeah, signing bonus, for example. So you drop the 110 to 105, but you get a 5k, 10k signing bonus, right? And that's the kind of wheeling dealing that I would recommend folks do to make themselves seem like, like someone who's willing to play ball and not just demand everything. Now, of course, if you are manna from heaven, like, okay, you can demand everything and you'll get the job. Then you don't need this podcast either, right? But for most of us, we need to sell the game a little bit, right? And that's what this is about. One last thing I thought I'd mention. There's so many more, but this is one that comes to mind very strongly. Network and references. Network and references. Let's say you go onto LinkedIn and you are applying for a job that's posted on LinkedIn. Maybe it's posted elsewhere as well, but let's say that it's posted on LinkedIn. It is very helpful if the job poster, usually they, they have a LinkedIn profile themselves, if they can see that you know people in common to them. That's great if they're your second le level con connection, to use the terminology. What is even better is if they see in that common connections list that they that you already know someone at said company. I know one time I was helping someone fill a form out and they actually said, if you know someone, uh, like through personal contacts and business network who works at our company, uh, and they actually gave space for the name and the email address of, uh, the, the person that they knew, we fill it in. Uh, and, and we don't till this day if it made a difference. They did. My friend did get the job. But it was very interesting to know and such good fortune that we actually did have a person we knew at the, at that company. So networking in, 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 and the only way you can do that, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the only way you can do that is you need to know lots of people. And of course, as you well know, uh, LinkedIn, it, after you hit 500, it shows 500 or more connections. 
It's only when you click a couple more times and you go to the person's profile that you see how many actual connections they have. One thing I will tell you, there's a lot of people out there who have huge numbers of connections, maybe 4,500, uh, you know, or five, I should say four or 5,000 connections. That sounds great, right? But how many of those people would be willing to vouch for you and say, hey, so-and-so is great at their job, you should hire them? That's a much smaller number, right? And that's where references come in. And that's my go-home line here is, yes, it's great to know lots and lots of people in different industries, different levels of work, different types of work. But never underestimate the power of three to five solid, solid references. Like these people, the kind of people that I hope that I keep in touch with, that I try to make my references whenever I apply for a, a consulting contract or some such, I mean, these are people that we are, we have a very high level of trust, a very high level of respect, camaraderie, and appreciation for each other. They know I work hard with them, and I know that they treat me really well when we do collaborate and we, you know, make uh, great things happen for their various companies and their organizations, if they're a nonprofit or a university. And so when I'm able to put their names down, on a form, I can do so with a great level of confidence. I really want, you know, you folks to think about who are your three to five dependable references, people that will pick up the phone when your interviewer calls them and say, you know what, so-and-so is just, uh, you, you'd be lucky to have them, you know. And uh, that that I think is what it'll come down to. What can I say, folks? I don't know if there is a magic trick to getting a job. What I know is you can do a lot of things before truly you can tell yourself, I've tried it all. And then you have to let the universe do its job. And what I can tell you is I hope there's people out there like myself, like you, who want to help others and you never know if you help someone out today and i'm not saying things are always you know so calculative i'm saying it's the basic idea that you you can't have car good karma come to you if you don't put good karma out there for someone else's benefit so try it out you might be surprised that the most beneficial thing you can do to get a job yourself is to help someone else get a job so I thought I'd leave that here. Pleasure talking with you as always. Please feel free to come by at culturespeak.com. Say hello. Say hi to me on LinkedIn. And have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.